getting to the end of the year, a time when the conversation inevitably turns to shopping. And what does everyone want this year? Why, ultra-fast online deliveries, of course. Our expectation for on-demand shopping is on the rise. And to fulfill those demands quickly, so are dark stores. These micro-warehouses filled with goods for online shoppers are developing fast in established markets like the U.S. and Europe, and also spreading to new markets in Asia-Pacific. What do the latest developments with dark stores mean for the world of logistics and supply chains? Well, that's what we're talking about on today's show. I'm Art Patnode, Global Content Director at JLL. Joining us today is Britton Ladd, Global Strategy and Supply Chain Consultant, and Michael Ignatiades, Head of Supply Chain and Logistics Solutions for Asia Pacific at JLL. Diving right in, Britton, can you give us a high-level intro into what a dark store is and why it's become so important? Well, some people call a dark store also a micro-fulfillment center, and the way to think about it is this. Inside a dark store is inventory. What makes a dark store or a micro-fulfillment center unique is that customers never physically go inside these facilities. The only thing inside the dark store, the micro-fulfillment center, is the inventory itself that is delivered to customers. So that means there's people running around picking out the products. Are there robots around as well? Is there a level of automation to this? Well, the majority of dark stores operating today are manual. And we've seen a massive increase in the number of these dark stores operating because companies in Europe, several of them that are in the rapid grocery delivery business, companies like Delivery Hero, Getter, Joker, Company Bike, Samakot in Russia, and so forth, these companies have been opening up many of these dark stores. And we're, we're probably seeing several thousand of them in operation now. Several thousand more are planned to be open. But again, they're all manually operated. In the United States, we have several companies that are in the process of installing technology, actual micro-fulfillment technology from companies like Alert Innovation, Berkshire Gray, Exotech, Adverb, and so on. And this is going to automate the use of these dark stores. Robotics will do all of the fulfillment. But today, absolutely, the majority of dark stores operating are being manually operated by a few people inside who are just handpicking the items that are being delivered to customers. Michael, what is this going to mean for the type of logistics space that's going to be in demand, you know, either now or in this near future? Well, well in APAC, the the current logistics space, traditional logistics space, is, uh, uh, is is lagging as far as quality. And to implement any automation, you need to have, a, as we call it, a grade A warehouse. Now, uh, for these micro warehouses, I think, as Britain mentioned, it's, it's more difficult uh, to get that automation inside due to, mostly due to costs. So what we see in APAC is that actually we don't see any automation in, in those dark stores uh, so far. We would expect in the near future, places like Japan or Singapore, Australia to, to be able to afford that automation. But again, it's a, it's a big question uh, for us and, and Britain, is the, is the business model valid there? I mean, can we actually in a space of 200, 300 square meters to put that micro fulfillment 
is it realistic that the company can pay back the investment in a, especially with these companies where they're very high risk and we don't know what's going to happen five years from now? Well, what we know for a fact is this. In this space, especially with the growth of the rapid grocery delivery companies, we know for a fact that many of these rapid grocery delivery companies are not going to succeed because the only way to succeed in this business is to use a technique called blitzscaling. And that means expanding as quickly as possible across as many cities and as many countries as possible and opening up as many of these micro-fulfillment centers as possible. And the only way to do that is if you have a lot of cash. And that's why these companies are constantly out there trying to raise more capital. So if many of these companies will fail. However, there are a couple of them out there, a company called Bike. Gorillas, Delivery Hero, a company called Getter, they're actually doing fairly well. <clears throat> and what will happen is we will see them eventually go from manual operated to introducing robotic operated or automated micro fulfillment centers. And once they get to that stage, then it allows them to actually open up larger facilities, sell, sell, sell more items to customers. And that's what will help us determine, well, of these companies doing it today, how will they succeed or how many will succeed? But is the current model, the way it's operating, sustainable for the long term? No. I've made it very clear to these companies that using only manually operated dark stores will not allow them to remain in business for very long. They must be able to transition to automated dark stores and they must transition to larger dark stores, more in the 1,250 to 5,000 square feet radius on up to 10,000 and 15,000 square feet in certain areas. That's interesting because then we are, the question is, will traditional 3PLs want to get into that space? Um, and we see that they, they currently, currently struggle with e-commerce fulfillment. Uh, one, of, one of the big ones uh, in Vietnam will be stopping operations soon because they are struggling with competitions from local small startups around last mile delivery. So my question is, do you think 3PLs will be able to get into that space with all the experience they have in fulfillment? You know, it's interesting. 3PLs, many 3PLs, especially some of the ones globally in Asia Pack, especially, they absolutely have a lot of experience. The thing is, their business model is not designed to do delivery in minutes. Um, their business model is to have a value proposition to their customers that will reduce costs, we will reduce complexity, we'll give you transparency and visibility through your supply chain, leveraging our technology, but it's not really designed to actually minimize the use of technology, to minimize the use of robotics and go to a model that is primarily manual. So these, these three PLs aren't able to do it today. Now, even if they were to try and leverage technology, automated micro-fulfillment centers, it still doesn't fit their business model. And it's one of the things where I always give the advantage to the local players who are able to open up many micro-fulfillment centers, some automated, some not. They know the markets very well. They're able to hire the right number of people who can do the deliveries. And I just believe that they have an advantage where some of the three PLs would be wise is if they made an acquisition of some of these better operated, better managed, uh, these, these rapid grocery delivery companies that are actually doing fairly well. 
they would be wise to acquire them or even acquire multiple of these companies and then run these companies as independent companies and then have the executives and the operational personnel in these companies help these three PLs understand where should they be placing their capital investments? Where can these three PLs leverage their scale, their size, their purchasing power to help accelerate the growth of rapid grocery, but do so in a way that also supports these the, the operations of the third-party logistics companies. So that's what I'm envisioning is going to happen. And Britain, I always had this question I, I see in China um, and across Southeast Asia, all these different e-commerce and last mile players that operate these dark stores. And my 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 concern is, you know, how can they pay back this investment? Um, one way would be to to somehow consolidate the operations and bring competitors together in one space. I mean, is this is this pipe dream or do you think that could be likely to happen in the future? Something that's in the city center, a vertical uh, with cold store inside automated microfilament center operated by a third party? Well, that's certainly possible. But I wouldn't want to give the impression that somehow the dark stores operating in China are not profitable or operating in other parts of Asia Pacific are not profitable. Actually, they're doing fairly well. Even in Europe, even in the United States, there are certain dark stores that are 100% manual that are profitable. GoPuff, for example, has over 500 of these facilities and probably 100 or more are actually breaking even and some of them are even turning a profit. So the manually operated dark stores can operate to an extent. The big question becomes, can you open up a automated fulfillment center dark store in Asia Pac in China and have it break even? And yet the answer is yes. All you need to do is increase the volume of orders, and there are certain ways you can do that. You certainly could partner with other companies and say, look, we will do the fulfillment for you. We'll pay you a small percentage of anything we fulfill. But in the United States, a lot of retailers have been waiting to see how this turns out. And more and more of them have come to realize that, you know what, we really do need to be in this space. And the answer is yes, you can invest in a micro-fulfillment center, install a micro-fulfillment system. On average, you're looking at about a minimum of $2 million of a system to be fully installed. The most expensive system would be around $7 million. But even at $7 million, the payback period for these facilities is around 18 to 24 months. So this isn't actually a bad investment at all. The trick becomes... Do you understand your customers? Do you have the ability to open up these facilities where you maximize the density of orders? Um, that's really the trick. It's not volume that matters. It's being able to fulfill a lot of orders going to lots of customers in a very small region. That's how you would generate profits or at a minimum break even by using this automation. And that's interesting because it shows that it's not about just having cheap labor, because as long as the, cons the space constraint is there and, the, and there's a very high volume of SKUs, um, well, products, and a very, a very large assortment of product products, you will have no other alternative, right? You cannot throw people in in a 400 square meter uh, warehouse to turn around those orders. You have to put automation then. 
That's true. And here's the other reason why I'm such a big fan of automation. If all you do is open a very small manually operated micro fulfillment centers, you are limited to how many items you can put in those facilities. And therefore, you're limited to the total number of items that you can sell to a customer. So by opening up larger micro fulfillment centers, larger dark stores and leveraging automation, even in a 3000 square foot facility, you can put in automation that will allow you to have 10,000 items that you can sell to a customer. In a 15,000 square foot facility, you could have 20,000 or more products that you could be selling to a customer. So what I say to companies is, look at having a hybrid model where in certain regions you have larger fully automated facilities, in other parts of a city, you may have a combination of manual and technology, and in other locations that may be 100% manual, but you are simply reducing the number of SKUs that you sell. So that's really what it's going to take to be successful. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It really is looking at your ecosystem and determining this really is what my customers require in this region, and having manual or semi-manual operations in these areas actually will work fine as well. Gentlemen, I'm afraid we're nearly out of time, but before we go, I just wanted to ask, you know, what's next in this incredibly fast moving space? Give me your predictions. Well, it's really interesting. And what we're about to see through the rest of the 2020s is more changes in retail and business than we have seen in the prior 100 years. I'm, I'm very confident of that, that comment. And when it comes to this topic especially, here's what I know for a fact is going to happen. You're going to see many more retailers embrace the use of micro-fulfillment. But what I've been urging retailers to do is to treat their stores as large vending machines. And what I mean is, look at their stores and say, so how do we put micro-fulfillment centers in certain stores? We can run these stores 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Customers can place an order, and we just simply have the automated micro-fulfillment center fulfill that order. So when the store is closed, it's still fulfilling orders. Customers can go to a pickup window and pick up the product, or it could be dispensed to a pickup window, and a gig worker picks it up and then makes the delivery. So I know for a fact that that's what we're going to see. We're going to see many, many um, openings of automated dark stores that will be considered micro-fulfillment centers. But also what we're going to see is the opening of nano fulfillment centers. And so we're going to have a supply chain, a logistics network that's going to start with massive motherships, similar to what Amazon is building. They're 3.8 million square feet. Then they're going to feed satellite distribution centers. And those satellite distribution centers are going to feed micro fulfillment centers. Then the micro fulfillment centers are going to feed, are going to feed the nano fulfillment centers. And what's going to happen is, is customers are going to say, why is it I can get my groceries in 15 minutes, but I can't get apparel, shoes, electronics, a handbag, cosmetics, and so on? And consumers are absolutely going to demand that everything they order be delivered in 15 to 30 minutes. And we are about to witness the largest disruption of retail and the supply chain that we've ever encountered in the United States and globally. And it's going to be driven by technology. The future of retail, the future of business is the same thing, robotics and speed. That is a lot to look forward to in my book. Uh, Britton, Michael, thank you very much for joining us today. And a big thank you to all our listeners who tuned in. Please do share your feedback. We always want to hear from you. And we hope that you'll join us on our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs>